Welcome to the Band of Brothers Podcast. Our current series is entitled, A Man's Guide to Spiritual Disciplines. We are being led by Milton Redeker, our men's ministry coordinator, Renee Rivera, and Eric Reed, the minister to married young adults and men at Houston's First Baptist Church. To find out more about our men's ministry, please visit us on the web at houstonsfirst.org. We hope that this podcast is a blessing to you, and we'll see you soon. You may be Uh, this is week 13 of the uh, whole spiritual disciplines and uh, yeah I can't believe it this is the last night um, in honor of all of that we, we went way out budget wise and we got a thing of water a thing of tea and a thing of coffee worst coffee by the way, in the world don't drink, don't drink it it's the worst coffee in the world you get your money back oh man so we, we, uh, we busted the budget acid. there uh, Paul Sofka we put him on the map Kept them in business. Um, no, we are we are going to be talking about you know sort of in, in a lot of ways and hopefully the culmination of a lot of these disciplines and where it leads us. Um, want to pray before we do that, and uh, just ask before we do is there, is there any in specific we can we can be praying for? I know we have had a couple of ongoing you know things to pray for, but anything else? I'll be going on, I'll be going on vacation December eighteenth, so uh, safe trip. Absolutely. And where are you headed? State of Maine to visit my family. That's okay. And are you all Bangor, Maine? Is that the... Uh... Portland, Maine. That's where the Portland. airport is. And we'll be probably almost to our ride from there to Dixon, Maine. So family going to pick you up and... So uh, actually, my friends. Some of my friends will. Because my parents are a little... My mother doesn't like driving in busy cities. And my father's a little... Getting too long to drive. How old's your dad? He's, I think, in his 80s. Okay, he's like my dad. Yeah, don't. Yeah, basically, it's like, yeah, I don't want my dad driving, but he hates to fly, so basically he sits at home a lot. And, uh, yeah. Hey, uh, Brad, we were just uh, saying, is there anything to pray for specifically? If you all want to share something before we begin in prayer. Milton? I have uh, two prayers the Lord's going to perform twice this week, so just praise him. Good. That's great. Probably my my, uh, my brother Brian. Hi. He's uh, he's uh, still searching, still kind of finding it, trying to go his way. Yeah. Uh, so pray for his, uh, his heart and uh, his surrender. Good. Is that the same brother that came to the field day? Yes. Yeah. That's right. Did he have a good day? He had a great day. It was a big step. Wow. He's shown fellowship, true fellowship. There were no fist fights after I left, right? No. Just while I was there. <laughs> no, okay. <laughs> if you ask him, I'm every sibling, sibling rivalry up to about 10 years ago, outside of that. Okay. <laughs> so please. I'll uh, share with you what's going on with me. I was in Vegas last week and I interviewed for a new position within the company. Is um, it there? In the company? Not, no, not in Vegas. No, no, no. It's, uh, it's, well, just to let you know, I went to Vegas and I uh, 
was a big sales conference kickoff for us, and I networked with a lot of people that I hadn't seen for a couple of years. And um, I've been in my position for 10 years. I have a lot of relationships. And by the grace of God, they're good, and I have, good, I have a good relationship with the folks there. And so they offered me a position that would take me out of the field to be sales support. It's global. And um, I talked to Eric about this already. Had a meeting yesterday with the with my one account that I was afraid to leave, and basically he said, "Renee, go for it. You got guys that would support you." And I mentioned three guys that I didn't want to leave the organization. Those three guys would say, "Go for it," and uh, and have pressure tomorrow to reaffirm that. But it's just a, feel pray for me on that. It's it's a lateral move. It's it's a it's a new position I'll be looking at, and I'll let y'all know. It's maybe months off, but months off, it's going to be an opportunity for me to change my role. Project planning, my best practices in place that I've been doing for the last 10 years, and planning and organizational consulting. We'll go there. Let's see. That's my third place. That's cool. Thanks. Anything, Blake? Uh, I was just thinking that we that we would stay on focus and, and in these disciplines through the holiday season mm -hmm. when we're away from our routine and coming in here on Wednesdays. Yeah. You know, until the next class starts. In a and, and to, to echo on that, if, if they're not, if there's not at least one guy that, that you're like, I know that, that he's going to be, we can get together over the holidays. When I'm not in here, there's a guy that's praying for me. We're talking regularly. Those are things that need to be happening. Like you could go class to class to class, but at some level, if you don't get into the, the, the GM6 level, and that is, I'm being honest with these two or three men in my life and they're being honest with me, and we're sharpening each other. I, I think it's, for all of us, it's a need. We deny the need. Our society covers the need up, and thanks to technology and, and everything else, we can act as if we don't have it, but it's really there in our heart from the way God wired us and created us. And so um, my prayer is that uh, by getting, you know, I'd say to each one of you, including us, get involved in a Bible study class, number one, Inside the Bible study class, ask God, hey, what, which men in here could I connect with? Can I get a little bit deeper with? And hey, it starts off always on the surface. You know, it always does. It might be going to a ball game, a Rockets game, or an Astros game, or going to 2012, going to that movie, and you find out you have a couple of things in common. So you talk a little bit deeper about those things, and you test the waters out for about a month, and you realize, okay, we got some stuff in common. I respect your character of what I've seen. God, hey, I'm going to ask him, but, but would, you, would you draw their heart toward that if that's what we need to do? And in other words, you, you just step out there and you initiate. Um, but within your class then is now all of a sudden a, a, a dynamic opportunity called GM6 that's there. And uh, Y'all mark your calendars January 8th is an important uh, evening. Uh, we're going to have probably 500 people at this church. It's a training time for Sunday Bible study which is really the, the environment that GM6 is really designed to grow in best, is that you don't, we, don't want to add, we don't want you to add another 10 relationships into your already busy lives. We're wanting you to take the relationships that are in your life and take them deeper, make them intentional. And so that Friday evening, starting at 5.30, is dinner. Uh, at 6.45, we'll start some training time. One of the classes that will be offered is from our men's ministry, and it will actually be on engaging men for life transformation. Mm -hmm. The idea would be is 
if, if you know, you're on the frontier and you're hungry, I assume you're going to get, back in the day, you'd get your rifle <laughs> and you'd go hunting. If you didn't have a rifle, you'd get your pole and you'd go fishing. If you didn't have a pole, you would grab a basket and you would go grabbing vegetables and berries and all that. You'd hunt and you would gather for your needs to be met. Uh, it's, it's called Midnight Madness. Uh, the theme is Momentum. It's January 8th. You will begin to hear a lot about that in the next uh, three weeks, probably. Uh, a little bit of the Christmas buzz. Once that starts dying down a little bit, you're going to hear more and more and more. But it's a Friday evening. Dinner is served. We'll do vouchers for child care if, if those of you that have kids, um, which means we'll pay you, I think, $25 if you have a child. Uh, if you had two kids, I think it's $35 or $45 to secure a babysitter. Uh, am I who's rubbing te- it? Who's teaching no. the men's class? Shouldn't have done uh, we, uh, and if you want to have a hand in it, we're probably going to have about three or four men. We're working on that right now about what is, what is the, what's the full message we want to give. So that's what right now, know. right now, Drew Stephan and I have stepped up. Right. And, and Drew probably Stephan. Jeremy Pierce. Jeremy Pierce, that's right. We'll probably, uh, be on there as well. And it'll, our goal is not to just give vision. It's to be really strategic. We did a breakfast that was very vision driven. We now want to have some very tactical, strategic training opportunities for men. Um, in regards to GM6, right? In regards to GM6. But also, how, how, how would you go from, well, we love golf, but how do you get from golf to GM6? You know, we want to talk about those. How do you get from 2012 to GM6? Right. How do you get from a 2012, a movie, to GM6? Because, listen, we're, tonight we're getting ready to talk about, you know, we're going to be talking about a topic that ultimately it, it really is. Uh, how do you build a bridge from where you are to where you want to be? Exactly. I mean, that's what we're going to talk about tonight. So it was good last night. The men that went to the sea, that went to 2012, a uh, bunch of those are uh, Roland Hurst, M6. Mm-hmm. It was good to see those men interact with one another around the dinner table. And then at the movie and after the movie. Yeah. So Roland's he's been cooking, I guess, for a while with that. Uh, for at least two years, uh, two or three years, we've, I know we've on Sunday nights connected together and he's helped on Sunday nights yeah. for maybe it's three years. He taught, he's taught a Wild at Heart on, on Sunday nights and, Wednesday. and he's done that on Wednesday nights. So we've, he's, he's definitely been investing in some men for a while. Well, let's, let's, let's pray and then we'll get started. Um, Lord God, just uh, we come to you right now. Lord, we thank you for life. We thank you for this day. I, I thank you for these men, that you've made us men. You've called us to be your men. And uh, God, you haven't left us without a mission. You haven't left us without a battle to fight, without, without some prize to be won. But God, you've, you've made it very clear that, that your desire is that the kingdom of God would be pushed out into the lives of people through strong men and strong women. But, but here tonight, it's the strong men, that we would lead our homes well, uh, that we would stand up in our marketplace, that we would uh, speak truth and love, that we would uh, fight injustice where we see it. Uh, Lord, that we would be your ambassadors here. Uh, God, I thank you for, uh, for Frank and for what you've been doing in his life and, and that you've, you've preceded him twice this week. And, and God, we just say thank you. Would you continue to work in and around his life? Lord, for a John, as he is traveling to Maine, that you would give him safe travel. You would bless his time with his family. God, his father is over 80 years old, and so is my dad. My dad is right there, and I, I just know that, that each day is precious with him, and I, I pray you would make this a, 
just a great time for John with his family, and it wouldn't feel lost, it would feel deep and significant. Um, Lord, we thank you for Milton, and we, we thank you, God, that you have given him a, a great time with his brother, but more than that, just a praise and the health uh, just that you've worked and answered the prayers there in his brother's life. God, continue to do that. Uh, Lord, for this job opportunity for Renee, that you would open that door wide and give him favor in the eyes of these men and women who are making that decision, if that's your desire. Uh, I thank you that he has courage in his heart. He's not afraid to step out and to step into something new. Lord, that he has a wife that trusts him and a wife that uh, lets him lead and lets him lead well. And, and God, that I, I see his intentionality in his home. And Father, would you continue to refine his vision there and, and continue to use him there in the lives of men uh, and the young men that are in his home right now as two sons, that you would continue to use him in their life. Lord, uh, echo Blake's prayer that God, we don't take a vacation when a class is over and we're not done. We didn't check a box and move on. But God, there's a very real thing going on in our life. And it's called connecting with you. It's called walking with you uprightly in a broken generation. And God, uh, we, we ask you would help us to connect deeply with other men in a way that, that truly is a transforming experience. And uh, Father, I, I, lift up, I lift up Brad. And uh, God, just... Uh, ask right now that, that in his life that you would be his strength, that you would be his refuge, that you would be his vision caster, um, God, that he would stand in your, in your presence daily and in your strength, that he would lead his family well. Um, God, for each of us, God, we pray for our heart to be open, that ultimately we don't live our own life unto ourselves, but God, we live our life unto your glory, and it's always meant, God, to be part of the unleashing of other men's lives for you. Uh, be with us this evening, uh, guide us in our conversation, empower us through your spirit, through the text that we're going to read, and it's in Christ's name that we pray. Amen. Um, how many of y'all have, uh, have, have watched a great movie in the last uh, two months? Raise your hand. Anybody? Good movie. Okay. Brad, what, what movie was it? I, I read... Uh, Pastor Boy. Okay. <laughs> uh, Born uh, series, Born, uh, Jason Bourne series. Oh man, good stuff. Good stuff. Have you? About a year or so. That's right. Uh, Milton, I think I know what you're going to say, but 2012, last night. 2012. That is one awesome movie. That's good. Woo. That's great. Uh, Frank, any good movie? Um, I went back and watched the Pirates Caribbean with my kids. Lots of good. Yeah, yeah. Hey, tell me, have y'all have y'all had? Tell me about this. A a great experience at a restaurant in the last three months. Great food. You, you went there and you're like, you know, I'm surprised. That's a really good restaurant. <coughs> Anybody have that experience? <laughs> Renee. I Today. I Today. Well, tell me about it. Uh, so we went to Cedar Creek, a little restaurant off of 20th. And I've never been there before. And I ordered the... Blue cheese, blue, bacon. The, yeah, the ruby cheese or whatever. And it was Canadian bacon with blue cheese burger. And it was probably the most ungodly healthy thing you could ever eat. And um, yeah, I believe that you need to clog your heart to make your heart stronger. So the veins. That's right. But anyway. Pressure it, is good. The, the lunch was amazing. The fellowship was sweet. I had the privilege of going with Eric and with uh, Steve Knox and another guy named Tommy Lynch. And it was a genderless lunch. It was just to go and just escape and we talked about everything and 
it was just, it was great. It was it's good. good. Surprisingly good. The food was, was, was surprisingly good, and but the fellowship was sweet and intimate. It was good. So, yeah. yeah. It's easy for us to talk about a movie, a restaurant, cars. Uh, my Atlanta Hawks, I'm really proud, I'm excited. God, uh, clicked on, I clicked on ESPN. I'm a Braves, Hawks, and Falcons fan. I always will be, always have been. I'm loyal and faithful to the very, very end. He drinks Coke, too. And I, I clicked, and guess who is at the top of the ESPN NBA Power Poll right now? The Atlanta Hawks. They've never been there before, but they're there right now today. They're playing tonight. Miami Heat, they could very well get their pants pulled off and exposed as not being the best team in the NBA. But I'm okay, I'm excited, and I've told a lot of people about it. I am an evangelist for absolutely everything that I think is really good and meaningful in life. Everything. When I go to a restaurant and it's good, I can't wait to tell my wife about it. So my wife, Onion Creek Cafe, which is the sister restaurant to Cedar Creek, it's in the Heights. It's very artsy. It's really cool. You feel like you're in Austin. If you like that Austin vibe, it has it. Some people don't like it because they think it's too liberal. I like it because it's artsy. I, I remember taking my wife there, and I, was, I couldn't wait to get her there just so she could experience something that I appreciated and enjoyed. Movies. When I was a teenager, if I found a movie or a band, R.E.M., Chronic Town, EP, had this gargoyle on the cover of it. That's just when they were actually records, you know. And I remember listening to that, and it, it was just incredible. I couldn't wait to tell my friends at school about this band named R.E.M. And you too, a year before that. The Police, the year before that. 78, 79, 80, all of those years. I found bands that I loved, and I couldn't wait to tell my friends about it. But it's interesting to me that we're going to talk about evangelism. Evangelism. And, and when we... When we get to this idea of evangelism, it's almost like we've never talked about things that we've enjoyed before. We've never talked about good things before. I have told many people when I've gone in and I found out, whoa, man, this is the place to buy this. It's 40% off. You know, well, I'm on the phone and I'm calling people or on a website and I find that you can get an iPod for 50 bucks off. There's a thing called, I think it's called Woot.com and they have a Woot of the day. And if you're addicted to gadgets, don't go there because it's tech porn. You'll be sitting there in front of your computer for hours burning up time and money, but the deals are incredible. The woot of the day is like half off, and it's, it's good, like a flat panel TV. It'll be half off. Every day it changes. You have no idea what it's going to be, but it's addictive, so you go there. I can evangelize for everything, but sometimes I get into the realm of evangelism and I find it to be a little odd, a little clunky, a little awkward. And so today, what I want us to do is I want us to talk about, you know, what, what is evangelism? And, and very, very quickly, what, what is evangelism? What would we say about that? And I think it's true whether we're talking about Jesus 
or we're talking about the coolest, latest car or movie, at some level we're being an evangelist when we're excited and we're talking. So, uh, John, were you getting ready? I was, was going to say, um, say, how was going to word it? How to um, learn how to witness for Christ. I think on the basic level, it's just promotion, right? It's, it's communicating and promoting something. Telling the good news. Yeah, sharing good news. Yeah. What I was here that that if you're not in a church that that it's a good word I know what it means you know what it means witnessing doesn't mean a lot outside you know I'm not witnessing for 2012 I'm promoting it you know when I'm telling everybody about it I'm like man this is the greatest movie you guys got to see it in fact it's so good that I'm going to go back for a second time and I want you to go with me and we'll go tonight and in fact here's the ticket you don't even have to pay for it. I want to tell you about a movie, and I want you to go with me, and here's the ticket. Would you come with me? I mean, it's not going to cost you anything. It's, it's awesome. It's a great movie. It, it's, it's, it's changed the way I think about my life. Wow, I'm a, I am an evangelist for 2012 right there. So, so these ideas of how to witness for Christ, promoting it, sharing, telling good news, all of those things... Are witnessing. It's evangelism. What? Advocating. You're an advocate. Now, is that an example, or do you really feel that strongly about 2020? I haven't seen it. <laughs> I haven't seen it, but the, the idea here is I could say, uh, sort of, I, I like that movie. But I'm not moved enough by the movie to tell anyone else about it. So I see a movie. I haven't told people about every movie I've been to or every restaurant or every car I've owned or every sunset that I've seen. But every now and then I'm moved by an experience or by an item, an object, or a person, a conversation. And those are the highlights that when we sit around our dinner table at night and I ask my daughter, hey, how was your day? Tell me something that made you laugh today. Tell me something that made you angry Tell me something that made you smile. Tell me, tell me about a challenge that was in your school today. What was a challenge you faced? I, I'm basically saying give me these moments that rise above the ordinary and tell me a story about that. I want to know about that. I don't tell you about every movie, but if it's a good one, I'm going to tell you about it. I'm not going to tell you about every thought I've had, but let me tell you... I was, I was reading a book yesterday, and this chapter talked about legacy. And I've just been wrestling with that. Hey, what's your legacy going to be? I don't know, man. What is a legacy? Well, let's, I think it's what you leave behind. I mean, what do you think you're going to leave behind? I mean, I've had that conversation with somebody. As matter of fact as it might be, that's, that's an opportunity for us. And so I, I want to share something that we don't... I don't think we preach a lot. It's in Philemon. If y'all want to turn to Philemon, it's a tiny, tiny book in the Bible. It's the second shortest book in the Bible. Philemon 
And it's Philemon. You don't even need a chapter because there's only one. So I'm going to give you a verse, and it's verse 6. And it's so small that you're probably, it's in the New Testament, you're probably going to have to tool around and look in the front of your Bibles to get it. I'm not proud of don't be, yeah, yeah, humble yourself and you'll be exalted. There you go. Okay, what, what I want, let's see, uh, I can see Frank's got it. Hey, Frank, just, just read, that, read that verse out. Read it loud and I, just think about evangelism with this as you hear it. Oh. Got it? Philemon 1.6. I pray that you may be active in sharing your faith so that you will have a full understanding of every good thing. What is the benefit of being an evangelist? What is it? A full understanding. A full understanding of every good thing we have in Christ. There are people that they're not, they don't, they don't ever even get the depth of Christ. They're not excited about Christ. They're, and I believe one of the biggest ailments in church, our church, any church, is we don't understand all the riches we have in Christ, all the goodness that Christ is, because we've never opened our mouth, we've never shared Him with another person, we've never engaged. And as natural as it is, my son evangelizes all the time. He comes in after the game and he tells me about how much fun the soccer game was. Or he tells me about how cool a kid is. Daddy, Luke Kohler is the funniest boy at school. He's evangelizing for Luke Kohler. It's natural when you something captures your heart, you go out and you tell someone else about it. I think our level of engaging people on that level of sharing it verbally, actively, intentionally I think at that level there is significant for us as men that really truly we need to know the depths of what God has for us in Christ I want to give you a couple of items here it's evangelism it's it's taking someone as far as he or she wants to go with Jesus okay there's a little subtle thing there <laughs> I have had people slam doors in my face, okay, because I, did, I, I wanted to take them far more further into this than they were willing to go at the time. I turned them off far more than accomplished a lot. Taking somebody as far as they want to go. Now, you, you, you'll find that out, and we'll, we'll share some stories and hear some stories. It's centered around the person of Christ, not me, although my story will be in it, but it will be centered in Christ. We're not going to get off on evolution versus creation, although we may talk about that at some point in time because it could be substantial, but it's centered in Christ. It's low pressure. I hope that when people encounter us as Christians, they don't feel like they are at a used car lot at the end of the month when you're on total commission. And if I don't sell the car, you don't eat food tonight. I hope that people get a different vibe from us as we talk about Christ, that there's not a, we're not ginning up a bunch of pressure. 
Someone brings a harvest. Hey, sometimes we'll be there and a harvest will happen. And sometimes <laughs> we're planting. And I've got a story on that. And it doesn't have to produce immediate results. If I could say one thing about evangelism is as natural as it is for me, if someone, I was telling Brad this at dinner tonight, the life of a lot of Christians today is very similar to the life of the homosexuals of the 50s. It's closeted. We're afraid to say exactly who we are. We're afraid to present ourselves because we may not be accepted. We may be pejoratively treated. We may lose a job or any of that stuff. But what I have found is that when I'm very matter-of-fact about what's going on in my life, and so... For me, like working at Humana Hospital, I used to work, I was in their pilot corporate fitness program. And I would ask, there's a lady there, she was one of the exercise physiologists, and she was from Michigan, and she was very much a feminist and very much not into the things of God at all. Uh, Christ, I should say, she was spiritual, very new agey. I would ask her, what'd you do this weekend? She said, well, I went out and played golf with so-and-so, and we had, a, and, you know, expletives are following, and she's cussing up a storm. And then we went out, and we went to the clubs, and we went dancing, and she's telling me all about her escapades, you know? I remember being 21 years old, nervous. My heart's racing. My hands are sweaty. What'd you do this weekend? <laughs> and I remember the first time I was like, you know what? Instead of me worrying, I'm just going to step out there, and I am just going to be matter-of-fact. She's asked me what I did. And so I told him what I did on Saturday, and then I said, you know, on Sunday, I heard the greatest words about life. What do you mean, the greatest words about life? And I just real matter-of-factly shared what the sermon had been about at church. And she was like, oh, uh, okay. Well, yeah. She wasn't mad because I wasn't preaching at her. She wasn't necessarily happy, but, but we, we had a moment where I was able to share, and it was very matter-of-fact. I wasn't pushing. There wasn't pressure. She didn't kneel down and receive Christ right there. But over the course of that year of working in the pilot program there at Humana, we had multiple opportunities to talk about a lot of things in life. All of that scale, if you wanted to say... God, I'm talking about the Trinitarian God here. I'm not talking about the New Age God. I'm not talking about the Mother Earth, the Spirit Goddess, Mother-breasted thing or whatever people want to do. But if you were to go 10 to 10, where a 10 is all the way over here and you call this a zero and call that a negative 10, every experience you have with somebody, every conversation that you have If they're sliding down this scale, I would say that you've been involved in evangelism at some level. It might not be the harvest moment over here, but I tell you what, people need to have positive experiences with believers that are not closeted, but are very matter-of-fact, intelligent, compassionate, articulate, intentional people. They need to have those because if they don't, 
the media stereotype that's out there is that I dance at the funeral of an AIDS victim, that I would dance there, that I would blow up an abortion clinic if I could. I mean, that's, that's who I am because I'm a Christian man in America, and I'm an evangelical Christian man, and I probably have a gun, and I would hurt people that don't believe in Jesus. That's sort of what media has put out there. Well, that's not true at all. It's not true at all. But anything moving people along this line, I would argue, would be evangelistic in nature. And so it doesn't always involve sharing every detail of the gospel. It doesn't always involve that. Um, It's not tricking, terrifying, or shaming people. It's not a single strategy, method, or program. It's not a contest. And it's not successful just because you close a deal. We're not used car salespeople. So, When are men in need of Christ? All the time. 
all the time. Always, you know. There's, there's not a situation. There are some that I think are unique opportunities. Uh, talking to George Barna, he was here this past week. Did a, did a survey in Houston on unchurched, so to speak. <coughs> and, and out of that, you know, he, he came up with some times that are probably significant, pivotal point times for transformation to happen in people's lives. And uh, I, I would tell you that the assumption is that, that men, I would never assume they're not open, that they're not ready, they're not willing. But these are some times that, that he pointed out that, are, that I think are true is that it's usually out of pain a lot of times. People are more open for some reason. Uh, overwhelmed with eternity, that's a Holy Spirit thing there. I mean, you can't make someone be overwhelmed with eternity at all. Pierced by the brevity of life, uh, a loss of a loved one can be a significant time. Uh, please hear what I'm saying. is is not that, oh, great, they lost someone in their life. Now I get to tell them about Jesus. That's not it at all. It's just to say that there are times when if we're not intentional, we maybe have been praying for, like my brother. I've been praying for my brother since I was six, 16 years old. You know, so for 30, oh no, I'm not 46. Okay, for 26, no, not at all. But for 26 years, for 26 years, my heart cry has been that my brother would be excited about Christ. He's a great guy. He's successful, hard worker, intelligent. He's achieved far more than I will ever achieve in the worldly sense of achievement, period. He's a president of a company. The company is a Fortune 500 company, and his particular deal, in, it's in the collection industry. I mean, it's, it's great. He does really, really well. But man, you know, the death of my grandmother three years ago was an opportunity for us, and I didn't miss it. We talked about it. You know, what, what's going to happen to her? What do you think's happened now? Let's talk. And we're in our life. We're in your life. We're, why? He knew all the data, but he had never made a commitment. If there's moral guilt, I'll tell you, sitting down at lunch with a guy that's blown it in his marriage, uh, a guy that's come out of prison, a guy that's going to prison, one of the biggest drug dealers in Dallas, Got arrested, ended up in Houston, contacted me. I'm not going to give you his name, but he's, he's, right now he's in jail. But before he went into jail, he was like, I just need to talk. I don't know what to do. Here's the deal. You know, my, my girlfriend, who's a stripper in Dallas, has my two kids. We've lived together. She's not a believer. I want to do everything right for the rest of my life. I don't, this isn't the path I want to be on. I'm learning skills because I, I, I don't want to, I need a new job. I need to be able to get out of jail and do it. I've been arrested seven times. I've never gone to jail. I beat it every time. But he says, I will not beat this. It was like a raid on his house. And he had hundreds of thousands of things of, of drugs. Like they're drug dealers on the street. And then they're drug dealers above it, sort of in the block. And then in a neighborhood or in a region. He was over all that. He, he was never seen on the street. His deal is he was up, 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 and was making six figures a month sending drugs out. <clears throat> he was convicted of moral guilt by God's Holy Spirit. That's one of the roles of the Holy Spirit, is to convict us of sin and the, and the world of Christ's righteousness. 
That's what Jesus said. It's two of the functions of the Holy Spirit. If there's a fear of death, terminal illness, or what have you, or there is a longing for transcendence, and I, I think these go so well together, there's got to be something more. That's what films do a great job of stoking that fire, like Gladiator. I mean, Gladiator, the, the, the Elysian fields, you know, just well, what happens when it's all over? I mean, it just it echoes that, and it's a conversation to have with people. Films raise a lot of these questions. When are men open to evangelism? Anywhere, even uh, Renee, why don't you share? Even in, oh, even in Vegas. Which is wild. I was on the way back to. Uh, and let me, let me. I'm going to mark this so we can delete yeah. this because I don't want this yeah. to be an yeah. issue. Um, if I can. Okay. I was in Vegas good. last week, and uh, as you know, it's Sin City for a reason. And uh, we were in the airport waiting to be careful and, and be cautious of that because we're, we can be the collateral damage, and, you know. And, but I, I shared this with Eric earlier that I, I talk to my friends and my clients, and I, and I intend to be a man of authenticity in my walk. And I'll get one-on-one, -on -one and we'll talk about being intentional here. But I make an intentional uh, point of sharing the gospel with my friends, and we'll get about that later. I just, I just, I want to. Thanks for letting me share that the Vegas trip, but it was interesting. I just turned it back on. Okay, so I so turned it up so we're okay. good. I'll chop off the, okay. the beginning of it. Yeah. And, and the reason, like a prayer request, we're going to chop that stuff out because I, yeah, that's. I don't want to create issues and problems where there don't need to be any. So um, anyone listening that would not know my testimony, they wouldn't know that I go to Vegas and they. You see, you're going to Vegas, they go, Vegas, you know, and you ought to see the, the feedback I received. You're going to Vegas, wow. You're the only one that came back with positive. I mean, that I, that when we talked about, that said, hey, I have some good restaurants in Vegas, go here. She, you know, and, but everyone was like, oh, be good, be good. And they, they weren't joking. I'm like, okay. You know, on Facebook, I got pinged, be good. In other words, people are going to have objections. I don't know how to answer the questions. Correct. Therefore, I don't want to talk about Christ. Now, I spend a lot of time doing research and educating myself so that I'll be, I, I don't like having people ask me questions that I don't know the answers to. <laughs> yeah. So I, no, I'm with you. I'm I study up on these things, you know, because we had, uh, when I was first saved, it was like six years ago, and I changed jobs and I found myself in a new workplace. We had a Mormon and Catholics and, you know, just your basic heathens. 
And so I, I was trying to learn about all these different things and heathenism I was familiar with. But, um, I found that if you train yourself to say, okay, God, if you put the opportunity in front of me, I'll be obedient and respond to it. And particularly if I prayed for that, it will happen that day. And I've had it be the first person that walks in the door that I saw that day, you know, within minutes. Somebody would come in and ask me, not just something that I could manage to segue into a spiritual discussion, but something overtly spiritual. Yeah. And uh, one of the guys that I was working with, I was there for five years, or just short of five years, and early on, saved, it was pretty radical, and I had decided that I could not be lukewarm, that I needed to really be authentic, and every time the opportunity would come up, and it would come up a lot, we'd have these little snippets of conversations, and we'd go to lunch, and um, he always had different excuses, and uh, <clears throat> now, after I, I left there in January, started taking his family to uh, it was a Baptist church in League City. Not just him, but his wife, his daughter, his in-laws. And they just, I talked to him this morning, and he was anxious to bring up at the beginning of the conversation, wanted me to tell, tell me about this new church, this new preacher that they went to, and how happy he was with it. And of course, the first thing I do is go to the website and check them out. And it's a really good church. So, you know, it it's took not five Houston's years. Church, no, no he, well, he lives down in League City. So, it's a joke. <laughs> I know. It's I know a joke, man. But, you know, sometimes it, it depends on the situation. You know, if, if you're on the street and you're never going to see the person ever again, you might take a different approach to how much you want to tell. But with him, I'm seeing him every day, so I don't have to tell him, you know, Genesis to, to Revelation in one conversation is just a bit at a time, and it, I'm seeing the fruit now. Yeah, and and I would I would encourage y'all be be obedient to the Spirit, not just the guilt of well I have to tell about Christ, but if if you if there is that true weight in your heart, it might be that somebody that you know you see every day needs for you to give a full presentation of the gospel, it may be. And I'll share that because I had a friend who has been relationally evangelizing a person for four or five months. And they see each other a couple times a week. And she's like 38 years old. And she died. The funeral was last Friday. And he texted me and called me. He said, dude, I have so much guilt right now. He said, now, and I tried to pull some of the guilt off of him, but he said, I, I've had many opportunities that I felt like I could have shared more, but I didn't because I was trying to be relational and not pushy. And I, I'm just throwing out to each of us is that we can never make the assumption we'll have the second or the 20th conversation. So it's, it's on God's spirit in you and in me to be sensitive to say, just because I have a long-standing relationship with my neighbor 
and he's young and apparently healthy, don't assume that that's how it's going to be tomorrow. We just don't know. They might get on a ripstick and break their neck and so their collarbone and it's done with. So unfortunately it's true. Same workplace guy I shared office space with was uh, into the Harley scene and was an alcoholic and I had flat out told him you keep you keep doing what you're doing, you are gonna die. And and I had explicitly told him the gospel and about two weeks later he was killed on his motorcycle. And I felt some other barriers for us? I mean, we've had the idea of, of belief of, uh, you know, I don't have all the right answers. We had the idea of my life doesn't measure up. You know, maybe it indicts me if I share Christ. I think I'm a hypocrite. Or, And, and I'm not saying y'all may not have barriers for you. Uh, but are there, are there barriers? I think it might depend on the people in the, in the environment. You might have a person with an overbearing personality. Meaning conflict is sure to arise if you bring up. Yeah. Uh, politics, politics. Yeah, no kidding. Oh, is it fortunate? politics. Yeah, but I think I think I think that's a, a fear that we impose upon ourselves. Here's an example. What if you don't know a person who's gay and you're witnessing the mission of the Bible and comes back and says, "I don't believe in the Bible." What would you say in that case? I don't believe in the Bible. I just say, tell me about it. What do you believe in? I mean, I, I usually answer questions with a lot of questions because I just I want to know. I want to know what they believe. I don't make the assumption. Even if someone says, "Well, I'm a Mormon," I'm like, "What does that mean?" Cool. Tell me about it. What do you believe? What do you believe about God? What do you believe about Jesus, the Holy Spirit, the world? Tell me about it. That whole thing. So it's the opportunity to ask them questions to a lot of discussion. I mean, if, if you became an investigative journalist for the people's beliefs around you, you would be shocked at, number one, is people probably would pretty freely tell you what's going on, what they think. Out of that may come some great opportunities for you just to talk a little bit more about it. And I, you know, to me, it's, it's different events give different opportunities. And I've, I, I echo your earlier statement that when I have prayed, God, I, I really desire to share Christ today. Would you just open some doors? You know, one of the reasons I never wanted to work in a church is the very dynamic of what I deal with right now is most of the people I work with now over the last four years are in, in the walls of the church. Now, I don't believe everyone at our church, everyone in every class, everyone everywhere is a Christian. I mean, it's, it's not church attendance, and it's not Bible knowledge, and it's not religiosity. Um, you know, there's some real clear delineations in Scripture 
about what it truly means to be a Christian and to talk about evangelism right now and not give what would those clear, in a sense, data points, <laughs> scriptural markers, to not give what those are, you know, would, would, be, would be wrong or foolish. But that, that whole thing is for me as a minister on staff at a church right now, that's my biggest frustration is I really like being in the work world because I feel like with my personality and my weird, odd sense of humor, God has always opened doors for me. And when I worked at Humana Hospital, I worked at a special ed school, or I you know, even worked in education, it's like all of those things have been great. I mean, when I valet parked cars, when I polled for the Democrat Party, you know, sorry about that, but it's true. <laughs> no, when I did, I mean, but, but you have breaks, and you talk on your breaks, and you just get to know people. If you really care about people and you try to get to know them and you ask them questions and listen, man, people really don't mind talking about themselves and they don't mind telling you. And you get to find out, well, you know, what do you really think about? Like for me, I, to my neighbor, I took Fight Club over there and we watched Fight Club together and it was over probably midnight or one in the morning. I knew my wife didn't want to see it. So I took it over there and, and that led, we, we, I left his house probably at four in the morning or whatever, but we had shared Christ. We had talked about what's really real. How do you know what's really real? What's really valuable? You know? And that led to the, he had a whole UFO theory on life on Earth and, you know, that, that Jesus was a space alien. I mean, he just, it was there. But, but it was, it, but I got to, it, it didn't matter that, that we didn't line up eye to eye. What really truly mattered to me was here's a guy that in the normal week we were never going to sit down and have a conversation about Jesus. If I would have said, hey, let's talk about Jesus today. It wasn't going to happen. But because a movie brought up themes, and I wasn't afraid to enter the themes, and I was prayerful in it, and I was asking God, open some doors with my neighbor, who you love, whom you died for, and whom I'm supposed to love, but I do a bad job of loving him. Help me. He opened those doors, and it was there. It didn't mean that, oh, well, he became a Christian immediately, or oh, this or that. In fact, they moved away. And, you know, not too far away, about five miles away. We see him every now and then, but we haven't gotten to get back into that conversation. But I was one of three neighbors that got to share Christ with him in a sort of a two-year, three-year window. So, um, Renee, what would you, uh, in, in sharing Christ with people? Well, I was talking about intentionality. I, yeah. I, uh, I, I have friends that I, I actually make appointments with them. I have clients that I... I, don't, I make no assumptions that anyone who comes into my house or any class that I teach, that I get invited to teach in here in Fusion or in uh, Summit, that it, they, every, every class member is a Christian. So I have some rules that I play by. When I teach a class, the first class I teach is the crisis of belief based on James McDonald's message about evangelism and bringing, bringing, uh, bringing, and bringing that to the, to the forefront. With my friends in the, in the business world and, and, and coworkers, I. I don't have an apologetic, uh, I don't come with an apology, but I say, hey, we're at this point in our life, I think you know me, and I just want to share something like I would share a stock tip with you, or a good sale, or a good music album, and I want to share my faith with you real quick. And before I, I, I go into this, I don't, I, I, I'm obligated, because I like you as a friend, and I want to share this, my faith with you, and I go to the gospel. And when I ended, I said, listen, I will never talk to you about this ever again. But I want you to know the reason why I shared it with you is because I believe God has a plan for you. And if I didn't share it with you, what kind of friend would I be? 
and that, and I, and I offer them that, and I, and I say, if you want to talk to me about it again, fine. And I leave it like that because in the situation I'm in, and we always, we, we always have these boundaries, but it's a very safe conversation to have with people and share the gospel with them that, and that method of that works for me. And, um, and in some instances, it has gotten some hostility. In some instances, it has gotten friends that go, you know what, I never really thought about my faith. I I'm at this point in my life right now, and I'd like to know more about it. I will explore it more. And in, in 90% of the time, the instances where friends that have, my friends and colleagues and clients that I've met with, they have, we've gotten deeper friendships because of it. And to this day, I don't know if, I mean, in the time that I've been doing this in the past six years, uh, I have not seen one of them come to Christ openly in front of me. But uh, the, you know, I, to me, I'm being obedient and sharing. And I'm just authentic. I'm, a, I'm, I'm an authentic guy. You see what you get with me. A little violent on back end. But um, basically, that's that's how I do it. And it's intentional. I have every intention of doing it. And, and sometimes it, it, it bombs. Ooh. But it happens. But I, I, I do, I do, I'm obedient in that aspect. So I believe it's intentional. I think you have to go with the intent, prayerfully intent, make the appointment, listen, share your that's testimony. Sir. Okay. And explain how to receive Christ, and uh, that—that's that, my—that's what works for me. And I think God blesses it. Have you seen the the YouTube video Pendulette? Yes. Teller. Yeah. Do you have it bookmarked? If you don't, I can send a link out. I yeah. We saw Yeah, we we downloaded it, burned it. John Young showed it in class. But in it, he's—I don't know if y'all have seen it. He's—he's he's a professing atheist, and he's given a little talk, telling a, a story about a man evangelizing him after a, a, one of his shows, and he was expressing great respect for this guy for for being serious about his beliefs, and he made the statement that how how much do you have to hate somebody to believe that you have the, the key to eternal life? And I am uh, trying to pull it up here. I've got some of oh, my. Yeah. What's it called again? Um, the guy's name is Penn Gillette from Penn and Teller, the, the illusionist. The tall one, right? Uh, the, big one? Guy, the big guy. The yeah. one that talks. Yeah. Yeah. Remember one time? Um, while I was. I used to have a hat that said Jesus is Lord. So I was walking back to the bus. A hat you said Jesus is Lord? Right, a hat. And. Um, I was walking back, I think back from the mall mall to the bus, and someone saw her and said a curse word to me, and I just said, I'll be praying for you. He didn't, he didn't say another word to that, but that. I, I just, hopefully I just dropped the seed, and that's up to the Lord what, what happened to her. So I hope that's, that that's part of witnessing, is it, too? Yeah, absolutely. But I prayed for him up and on. Sure about what we're saying, and he 
said, this guy looked me in the eye and he told me what he believed. He said, I'm saying, I, I, you know, I'm a businessman and here's what I believe. He said, I'm going to read his Bible and here's what he Gideon's Bible to give the guy. And rather than being hostile toward him, Gillette was, was very respectful. I was at YouTube.org or YouTube.org. Uh, I'll, uh, I think it's titled The Gift of the Bible. Does what? The Gift of the Bible. The Gift of the Bible. It's, a, it's about a five minute video. Okay, we're all pulling it out. Here it is. Let's see if this will work. I have it. I can, I can pull it there. Next book?
Hey, uh, I, I know. Hey, there. I think we've we got a late start, and and uh, I think, I mean, I got a, a thousand stories, and you guys probably do too, on opportunities you've had to share Christ, those types of things. Um, and, and in no way are we saying that that this alone, that's all you ever need. We have training in our, our church EE and XEE. I highly recommend XEE. It's an evangelism explosion. It's more for a uh, more of a narrative-based gospel dialogue. It's not just a presentation. It's a legitimate conversational dialogue. Uh, starting in January, I believe that will be offered. Uh, I think it's a great. I think it's a great evangelism training opportunity. Um, yeah, life life is real, and, and, and death is real, and, and it's been appointed to man to be born once, and then after that to die, and then after that to go before Christ, uh, before God for, for judgment. And to echo, you know, Penn's own words that, uh, you know, it would be the cruelest thing in the world if it's really true, and we say nothing about it. Um, so I want to encourage y'all to, to A, be prayerful. To be be legitimately sincere in your love and your service toward coworkers and neighbors, because what you don't want to have happen is you get a barrier because you've been a jerk to your neighbor and now you're suddenly feeling I need to share Christ with him. There was a bad situation in his life. Well, you just don't know. So be hospitable to everybody. Be hospitable to everyone, and that that's a big challenge for me. You know, even the people that cut you off on the freeway. You don't know. I mean, you may pull into the gas station and something cataclysmic happens called 9-11, and there you are, and they're trying to figure life out, and the only guy that they could talk to ends up being the guy that just flipped him off on the freeway. Pull the butt Adams. Yeah, so it's, you know, part of that, part of that idea there is that I think a spiritual discipline where all these things come together is, is if we are living life intentionally engaged that God's with us and God is everywhere. And, and out of this idea that we are practicing His presence, and His Word is real to us, it's meaningful to us, and prayer and these things, it, it moves us all the way to the spot of we want to serve. Well, it's not our life. It's not my life. It's been bought with a price. It's no longer I who live, but Christ that lives in me. And the life that I live right now, I live for His glory. There's nothing more glorious for, a, for my wife. Her, her glory, most glorious moments, and she's held up a national title, you know, NCAA, national title. She's had three other final four appearances. There's nothing more glorious for my wife than holding Emma and Luke and then Kate and now Lily. She's never been more beautiful than in that whole process of that. And God's glorified when he's holding that newborn child of his in his arms, that his spirit has convicted them of sin and called them in. I'm not the convictor of sin at all. 
I proclaim the reconciliation of a prodigal son and a loving father. I get to proclaim that good news on a regular basis. And that's what we're called to do. And when all of that comes down, I mean, our disciplines are for a reason. It's not to be religious. It's that we would be sharp and strong and pure and focused. And we would have the power of God. I mean, you see, fasting is so that our prayers would be powerful. Right? I mean, that's what Christ said. Hey, these demons aren't leaving unless prayer and fasting accompany, you know, together. Have we prayed and fasted for a neighbor? Have we prayed and fasted for coworkers? Have we prayed and fasted it? You know, I don't know. But they're, they're discussion questions. We don't have time to go through them. And lots of scriptures. I would say if you have a, if you have a small group of men, that this would be a great opportunity. Just sit down with them. Go through these scriptures. Take two weeks. Take three weeks. Read it. Sit there. Read it. If you're married and, and, and your wife is there, hey, read it. Talk with your wife about it. Say, honey, how, how is our life lining up with this? You know, are we intentional? Are we, how can we use our house in this neighborhood to be a beacon of reconciliation? Christmas is around the corner. Thanksgiving's upon us. You know, we, we take cookies to all of our neighbors. We do a lot of things to our neighbors. Yeah, it's, it's great because they're opportunities that come out of serving our neighbors, and we know it. And it's not put on, it's not fake. It's because, okay, God, if, if we don't go, who's going? If not today, then when? I mean, I can't presume on tomorrow. And so there's a real sense of that that, that I think we got to cultivate in our kids and in our home and our work. And I think, Renee, you've been real honest and transparent to say, you know, you've been real matter-of-fact with the people at work. It's just who you are. Yeah. You love Jesus. That's who you are. And yeah, it doesn't mean we're perfect. But, uh, but if people get to know us, they should be able to get to know Christ in us. But it, we, it's, we have to have integrity. All of our circles have to line up. Not my Sunday life and my Monday to Saturday life. It's got to be all of it. It's in one. It's one. It's one. That's integrity. It's not that you are the hypocrite. True. True. Well, let's... Uh, I just want to say thank you all for your diligence, your faithfulness. Uh, we got a couple of guys that were, would be here, but however, are out of town. Um, we wanted to have something to give you. We don't right now. <laughs> we probably never will. Um, so uh, I, I do hope that you all are taking with you uh, some areas that you, you know, in those different disciplines, changes that you maybe can make, reasons that you should make the changes. Not because we're going to obligate God, but it's a great way of saying, God, we love you. I love you more than this. I love you more than that. I want to show you that. Um, God's a good, a very good God. I just want to say thank you all. I, I, I do pray that you all journey. We're going to have a class in the spring called Winning at Work, Winning at Home. It's about balancing work and home and Christ. It's a, it's a great study. Uh, we did it last year on Sunday night. It's excellent. It's a great study. It's uh, 16 weeks long, so it'll run basically from January into May. Um, Don Mutt and I will be doing, a, there'll be an earlier class we'll have on conflict resolution in the family. Uh, Rick Wirtz, a faithful fathering initiative of Texas, will do it, but it's uh, open to husbands and wives. It's, it's really good. I, I just think it's a real biblical thing to learn how to resolve your conflict. Uh, I've learned. class? 
What? That's a couple's plan. It's, it's actually for anyone, but it, it will be for couples or men alone. I'm, yeah, I went through it alone uh, as a dad, and uh, I found so much benefit in it with my wife that I told my wife I want her to take it, so I talked to Rick Wirtz, and I said, Rick, can you offer this for men and women? He said, sure, no problem. I mean, it's, it's, it's great. There's homework. I mean, it's, it's real. I mean, it's, you don't just come and show up. I mean, there's some stuff you'll have to do together. Uh, I know you, I, Renee, hey, I knew it. And then, uh, then Don Mutton and I are going to be doing uh, later in the spring, after spring break, so starting May the 24th, I believe. It's called Rolls of a Man. Uh, if you have not done that, it's a, it's a really solid uh, class that really looks at our roles as men, sort of from a biblical, practical vantage point, uh, that of a provider. What does it mean? A protector? What does that look like? A spiritual guide? What is that? Just uh, looking at those roles, and it fits in real well with the uh, quest for authentic manhood, sort of drilling into those roles a little bit more. Um, there's a lot of confusion in our society and media. We, we want to bring some biblical clarity to it. So those are things coming up in the, in the spring. Uh, be looking for a little mail-out uh, that, that'll go to your whole family that has all the milestone classes in it for Wednesdays and Sundays. And uh, hopefully, you know, if you, if you want to email me and I can remind you of what those are, then certainly I can do that. I'm looking at the, the men's website. Kind of stagnant. We have some stuff early away. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's, that's all I found in this class later, the, the game. But then I, I connected with Renee. But that's what I, I have one of my, my favorites, right? So, and then again, we're actually getting a brand new website, and that's why it's been stagnant, is, uh, is that uh, we're also looking for some, you know, field days, those types of things. We're trying to get all those dates lined up before January 1. We don't have them all lined up right now. If there's a particular hobby or interest that you have and you would love to say, hey, I'd love to, I'd love to, I'd love to bike and let some other men know about it, well, let me know that. Let's choose a date. We'll promote it out to our men. We've done paintballing and rock climbing and biking. There's lots of activities that are available for men to do as well as going to movies. You know, I don't think that's the greatest use of my time. Uh, but then again, if I didn't have four kids, I would probably be in that saying, hey, I'm at 2012, that'd be great. But I'm married, got four kids right now, that doesn't fit for me. So, but it does fit for some men. And so. I like to bike. And you guys can see what for bicycle. That's awesome. <laughs> so, you know, a lot of things maybe don't exist because uh, leadership wise, I've got a couple of spheres that I'm in, my hands are in, and I can't, you know. There, there's a leadership gap that, that we need other men to step up and say, I want to run that. I'd love to help with that. And then, then I run the backside of it and unleash them to do their hobby, but to do it under God's glory. So be thinking about that as well. And we are working on a brand new website. And we'll, you know, that'll be hopefully launched simultaneously with sort of the iPhone app and things like that. There's some things in the works. I mean, we, we met on Friday uh, last week. Before you left. Before I left. Or actually when you came back. Before and after. Yeah. And um, there's some areas that, uh, that uh, uh, Andrew, Eric and I are challenging each other on, just sharpening each other, some things that we want to do with excellence. His vision's great. Execution, he needs some folks to help him execute it, and we're doing that. And you bringing that up is, 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 is a 
perfect example. Eric's, Eric's, so be praying for Eric in that aspect because he's, he's got a lot of responsibilities at the church and a lot of vision that, that, that's clear, but we, the execution of it, we need to do. And, and um, we want to help him in that area. And we're going to get that done. Because a lot of folks that want to jump in don't have the capability. I have the capability of time um, to provide help at that point. So be praying for us in that area. And if you if you feel called to say hey yeah, I want to you know I got I got some time X Y or Z amount of time I want to step in and help build out an area or, or, or help spearhead something I mean there there are initiatives yeah there there are tons of opportunities my deal to God has been I will not begin new initiatives until you bring the proper leadership to the table because if it all comes back down on me I can't do that I, I really can't so. Things like field day, that came because Henry wanted to, was saying, hey, I'd love to get some guys together and go to the park and have some fun. And I was like, well, give me a date. Tell me a date. So he gave me a date. So we put it on the calendar. So we put it, you know, we promoted it to the men. Stuff like that. I mean, for him, it was just one little thing he, he had to do. Well, for me, I had two birthday parties I had to take care of. I had all this stuff, but I could come and be a part of it. But if I had to get the drinks, bring the drinks, set everything up and I'm in charge of all of it, I, it wouldn't happen. I just I can't do that to my family. They're not going to be on the altar of ministry. I can't put my family on the altar of ministry. That's right. Um, but family should come first. Yeah, but it doesn't a lot of times. True, it does I understand. Yeah, and you, we all know that. We're all in the same world. Of, you know, you work your job and it's... And we've work, we work here. longer than any other generation. Okay? That's reality. And we commute longer than any other generation ever has. And there's some fallout going on in our lives because of it. And so I don't want ministry to be my baptized workaholism. I don't want that. So that, so that to be very honest with you, um, I'm asking God to raise up men that would love to lead in the areas of activities, connecting entry points for men, studies. I think we have a good, a good, you know, go forward. We, we've, you know, we've got a lot of good studies that are going to be rolling on. GM6, definitely ministry-driven, scalable, powerful men through the Holy Spirit impacting other men's lives, very biblical. Um, but as far as activities and things like that, those would be things that uh, I would love to have some men step up in. If 20 guys, 20 different guys said, hey, I'd love to help bring some stuff together, I'm like, great. That would be each guy pairing up with a few other men and they together just take one event that's it just one event it's not a you're doing this for the rest of your life brad or you know frank but it would be a it'd be very much of a you know shouldering that load i'd be interested in helping out with activities because i would catch the i wouldn't be able to drive anybody around to the place yeah well, i don't think it'd be drive fun if you around. did <laughs> hey I, i've actually got a meeting at 7 30 uh, yeah but sorry about that Seriously, I'd be willing to help with that. Okay, cool. That'll be good. Okay, close us out. Hit it, boy. Thank you so much for this time. I thank you for these 13 weeks. God, it's been amazing. And I thank you for the friendships that are growing out of here. Lord, uh, you've cast a vision. Men are leaders. Lord, we ask that you continue to change the spiritual DNA of this church. Lord, bless the families that are represented here. Heal the broken homes. Heal the broken hearts. Strengthen the weak. And God, we thank you that you are in control of all things. You're Lord of every aspect of our lives. 
Thank you for Eric and his vision. Thank you for his leadership. Thank you for Milton and the desire to help. And Lord, I just, I just thank you for the, for the time that we've had with everyone here. Thank you for the opportunity to serve. Thank you for joining us on this week's podcast. We would love to have you come in person. We meet Wednesday evenings from 6 to 7.30 at Houston's First Baptist Church. More information is on the web at houstonsfirst.org, houstonsfirst.org. Again, have a blessed day. Let's shine.